Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Well, that didn't go quite as expected. I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. It is our instant reaction podcast. We are. It's so instant, Logan. We're still at FedEx Field. I know. Look at it. It's kind of a nice view from here. Too. Yeah, nice job, Craig. Get a little bit, yeah, a little bit more of the field. Oh, look at green grass behind us. You'll have to see it. Uh, green grass that the Buffalo Bills marched up and down all day long and just absolutely brutalized the commanders ultimately on the scoreboard. I do think it's one of those games where like, we we have done a good job i think of joking on this podcast of how silly the turnover analysis yeah. is right oh turnovers yeah good analysis guy great key to the game turnovers and explosives today and explosives right but today is a day that shows you why that is so important because when you turn the ball over as much as washington in even if you go back and watch the tape and be like i don't know the process at times was better yeah. than the scoreboard would appear it just shows why you have no hope and you ultimately lose 37-3 yeah and you know it's funny we were doing the post game it's like Beam Mitch was all up in arms about the, you know, the uh, the defense playing poorly. And I was like, I don't think they actually played that bad because I think it's 17 unanswered points, right, from, you know, 17 offensive points. Or what I mean by that is like turnovers leading directly to scores. And like right. that's just like not a tenable solution, kind of hold on and kind of prevent this really good offense from scoring. And then the offense throws a pick six, whatever. You know, there was a bunch of plays in there. So I don't know. I, I think the defense, there's a lot of positive things to glean from this performance offensively I think it's kind of in that in that vein that you're talking about right like you can't evaluate it clearly because it's the turnovers are are weighted so heavily right yeah I mean turnovers ruin games where you otherwise execute fine so by the way does you know you get ruined by a drive where you're down at the two yard line and you can't punch it in and yeah you know when we go back and watch the tape like we'll have a better idea I think on the midweek pod of exactly right you know all right we'd like that play call you know this is where it went wrong all those kinds of things yeah but I, I don't know the defense is interesting to me because so let's talk about that. Then we'll circle back. To yeah, the yeah absolutely. So the defense definitely gets uh, put in a bad spot. I'll put it. I'll phrase it that way uh, by the offense on multiple occasions. Um, and they they do as good a job as you can on multiple occasions where they get the ball. Uh, Buffalo does in field goal range. Uh, all of a sudden, 
uh, Washington defense has to go back out there, short change, and they hold him to a field goal. Um, there's one of those drives where I think they sent him yeah. backwards for an even longer field yeah, goal. Yeah. It's like, hey, good job. Uh, I guess the only thing better could have been a uh, an actual turnover yeah. themselves. But I do think like the defensive line did not get pressure on Allen very much today. When they did, they did not finish, and he was able to make explosive. That's where a lot of their explosive yeah. plays came from. So that's incredibly frustrating. They started six of eight on third down. Yep. And there's drives where, well, yes, they're not giving up some bigger explosive plays. Like Buffalo's on the field for six, eight. There's one drive that's nearly 10 minutes long. 14 plays. Yeah. yeah and you're like, oh, how, how well is the defense really playing if you're saying, hey, earn it three yards at a time? And then they do. Well, I think that that's good defensive approach because that drive ends up in three points, not a score, right? So sure. I think like that's ultimately. Versus good team, that's ultimately what you're looking for. And, like, people are being critical of the defensive line, and so is B. Mitch. And I'm like, this is what good offensive game plans can do to even a dominant group, right? Lots of quick games, lots of screen, lots of bubble. And then when they – I thought they did a really good job of kind of building a tendency within the game. And so what they did is they'd bring in their heavy personnel. <clears throat> Number 76 is reporting is eligible. Yeah, He's eligible. That means they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. And then probably three or four of their explosive plays come out of that package, right? They're taking shots down the field. The pass protection's better. The the lanes to the receiver are better. And so, again, like if I'm thinking, you know, they're bringing this heavy guy in to run the football, I'm not going to rush the passer as effectively. And they were in shorts, like they were backed up situation. One was in the end zone. They're playing the run hard. Like of, of negating, like we saw this a couple of years ago. I think it was 2000. 2020 or 2021 when they played the LA Chargers in the first game of the year like Joe Lombardi did an excellent job screens quick game short intermediate passing attack play action and it just it makes it impossible for the rusher to get in the rhythm and to get a feel for how the tackle is setting and we talked about Spencer Brown how he'd been struggling coming into this game but the more film I watched on him I was like he's getting insulated a ton by the offensive play caller. And right. I think you saw that a lot two today. weeks in a row, by the yeah. way. They did a really good job. Spencer Brown, the right tackle for Buffalo, did a, a was productive last against week against Max Crosby. Crosby. Yeah. This week, you don't really hear much from either of the edge guys. And that's not even that's not even including, like we, we just talked about kind of schematically what they did. But in addition to that, they're also bringing chip help. They're also flaring backs in specific ways. And it, it just makes it really hard for the rush to get home. So you're going to have games like this where you, your most effective group on the field can't be productive and I think this is ultimately what Jack wants to be from a defensive standpoint yeah go on a 14 play drive who cares if it ends in three points because we're trusting that our offense is going to go down and score points and the very next sequence Sam throws an interception so they're back on the field and all of that kind of defensive approach and defensive philosophy of bending but now breaking just comes back and bites you in the ass so I think that's what I what I take away from this game I'm like everything went about I don't say as well as it could have gone for the defense, but it yeah, kind I mean, of fit yeah. within the box that they wanted to fit right. in. And the offense just couldn't support them. Right. And maybe that's my offensive bias. I don't know. but Maybe. I, I think there's some. Sh there's undoubtedly some shreds of truth to that, yeah. if not a lot more than shreds. Let's be clear. Like, yeah. It's a very smart, very smart fellow over here. Try I, I, think, I think there's more than shreds to that. Um, and when you have a pick six, like when yeah. you have, uh, again, What drives, a great play by that guy, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. That was, yeah, Epinesa, that is sick. But like you have a you have a drive where you give up points, but you send the offense backwards. Like yeah. those types of things, you can't put on the defense. But if you want to be a, here, would be my butt. Yeah. If you want to be elite, yeah, you got to make plays. And making plays in this game could have been interception. Cam yeah, Curl has one go through they his had, hands. They had interception. Fuller had interception. Yeah. They had the fourth and two that they stopped. Right. Right. Ball batted. So the. I think when you look back at the sequence, right? Obviously, there's the one that Cam drops, which everyone goes, "Oh my gosh!" Because that's right. going to be an explosive play the other way. But I think like 
They did a good. They did an, right. an okay job. Well, I was gonna of, say the next the next thing in that list though would be finish plays. Yeah. That are there. Like you you've done so much of the work. You know, on that first on the first drive of the game, like Josh Allen is dead to rights. He's yeah. able to get free, and he makes a big explosive play down the field. Or you know, you let him out uh, on your first big third down. He yeah. scrambles for a first down. I think it was third and ten. Like you've set yourself up for success. You've gotten in third and long. You put yourself in position. You got to finish plays. And I think that on the defensive side, to me, that's the big critique. Yeah. For today, but I think you're correct that overall. If you want to be honest about it, even in a game where you look at the score 37 yeah. 3, like of that 37, there's a lot, there's a reasonable amount of points given up and a reasonable amount of yardage by a defense against an offense that's as good. You think he had 217 yards passing? It wasn't like he crushed today. It, was, it wasn't like a huge number. If I'm, I might be mistaken, but you know, like the they stats. give up, let's see, 21st downs total. That's nine, nine of 15 on third down is a killer. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that I kind and of then point total out. yards, they give up 386, 168 on the ground, 218 through the air. Yeah, so 218 isn't a bad number, you know, and I think some of that comes in garbage time. Obviously, I have that late toss sweep to Cooks that ends up being like a 34 yeah, yard the, game. The rushing yardage yeah, is, so is a little I, I think that's yeah. a little bit skewed, but. So what I'd say is that like overall, like there was a point in the third quarter where it's 16 to zero and the offense has the ball. And I was like this for how bad the offense has played so far, the defense has kept a minute and then Gibson fumbles, they go down and score. And then obviously yep. to me, that's where the game kind of shifts. But think about it. If they get down and they just say, Hey, we're going to possess the football a little bit. Even if they go on like a four or five, six, seven play drive there, I think the complexion of this game is completely different. It's just, how you have a chance, how quickly, they would turn the ball over. Yeah, the know? Gibson fumbles on the first yeah. play of the series. Yeah, and 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 I'm not gonna. I know people are gonna get all over Gibson, but I appreciate what Gibson's trying to do there. And I've been that guy, right? You get the ball on the screen, you break a tackle, you make a guy miss. You're in a pile. Don't make a don't make a you know it doesn't need to be a home run on this play. Like go down and live to play another day. And I yeah. appreciate his effort. I appreciate his focus. But you got to protect the football, and and that's what happens when offenses are straining. And I felt like the offense was straining a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It was straining and struggling as opposed to just saying like, hey, like let's slow this down. Let's bring our tempo way down and get our defense off the field and call them. I don't want to say more conservative game plan because I but that's kind of what that, that's the word that comes to mind. So let's let's get into the offense, because that's really, I think, where this game is won or in the commander's case lost. Uh, Sam has four picks. Some of them are like tremendous individual efforts. He took a lot of uh, blame for them afterwards. I thought he did a great uh, job think, at his presser, by the way. Yeah, no, I, I did too. Um, and I asked him, I don't know if you heard the the question I asked him at yeah. the end about trust. Yeah. Um, and, he, and he talked to you like that. trying was, to get that boy caught up. Well, no, I was just, I was curious <laughs> because it was a word that came up a bunch in the locker room. Like Terry's the trust of, you know, we got to, we got to make sure he can trust us to be at the right splits and be at the right depths and yeah. be at this place. So like, the start, the word started bouncing around, and so I wanted to ask Sam about it. That wasn't me trying to like get him or anything. Um, <laughs> but, but I was just like to that question. I was like, "Oh, Craig's getting spicy." But I was just like, you know, are you at a point where when you're sitting back there in the pocket, not like, oh, I emotionally trust Terry or intellectually, but like, <laughs> I know if I let this ball rip, that dude's going to be where yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be. And like, that's something that with more reps, you become more comfortable. Yeah, like yeah. by the end of his their careers, like Brady could throw to Gronk blind. Yeah. So that that's what I meant by the the question. But and, I think he gave a good answer. Yeah, though. he gave a great answer. Yeah, and I think he uh, does trust this guy. Guys. And yeah, that's and even if he doesn't like the maturity to kind of say like you know hey I trust everybody but the, prote the protection yeah. the play caller I, I think the fact that he singled out EB is like hey this is a guy that I trust to give me a good plan like that to me was great and, yeah. and what I thought and, and I, by the way I don't think he's BSing I think he was incredibly genuine yeah. with it 
where he's like, look, we have all this stuff that all this work that we've put in yeah, and we're not going to throw it away because we had one bad game. That said, um, I actually don't think this is obviously the enemy's best um, today. When you look at the kind of the flow of the game, some of the stuff you're just talking yeah. about with the defense needing to get off the field and just the sheer numbers. There's a long stretch in this game where Brian Robinson, I just kept looking down at the stat sheet yeah. and he's 10 carries for 70 yards. I'm not great at math, but when they end in a zero, it becomes a lot easier. Ten, that's a seven yeah. yard average. Uh, you know, they're averaging like eight, one total as a team yeah. per carry and they cannot throw the ball. Yeah. And at that point, it's still 16, nothing. You're not scoreboard wise, completely out of the game. Yeah. And I think that is an area where if you ask, you know, if we ask EB on Thursday, do you wish you maybe would have gone to the run a little bit more? He's probably going to say like, you know, it's easy to say in hindsight. Yeah. yeah. Some answer like that, but deep down in his soul, I think the answer is yes. Yeah. No, I, I had a, I had a, something similar happen to me when I was calling a high school game recently and high school is way different than the NFL, but it was 14 to 13. It was two minute situation and the quarterback was a little bit unsettled, but I was like, we're going to go for it. We're going to see if we can make this happen. He throws a pick six. We get the ball coming out at halftime and I was like, okay, we can still go. And I, and I didn't have the wherewithal at the time to be like, we need to just possess the football and slow right. this. You get way. caught up in the emotions yeah, of the and, game. And, and I felt like there were times, and again, I'm probably projecting a little bit, but I felt like they were, there were times in this game where he was like, we need to be aggressive. I need to be aggressive. And, and that's who he is, and that's what we love about him. But also, I think there's this is where like the maturity of an inexperienced play caller comes to the forefront. And Andy Reid does the same thing, and Kyle does the same thing. So it's not just it's these uh, yeah. guys that are high octane offensive minds. They always want to be scoring points. They always be aggressive. But I will say, like, look at Kyle Shanahan against the Giants. Right? He was perfectly content this Monday night game of just running the football, or Thursday night, whatever that game was, of just running the football bleeding the clock and letting the playmakers make plays for him, right? And I felt like there was a time in this game where it was like, we need to take the foot off the gas a little bit, reset our thought process, reset our approach. And when they came out at halftime, I thought they were doing that. You know, they ran the ball well. They got down to the red zone. They're, <clears throat> it's first and goal, I want to say, right? And then they throw that interception. And I look at that and I say to myself, like, gosh, you don't need to take a sh it's so easy for me, and I don't. I don't want to be sound like I'm critical of him because it's so it's so incredibly yeah. hard to call plays. It's so hard to call goal with something you like, something you, you thought was good in the week, and then it ends up being an interception. And then yeah. think about that's it would have been seven to seven to thirteen at that point. Yeah. Which think about the complexion of the game, you know. And so um, I'm sure EB's beating himself up over it, but I thought there were times where I'm like, hey man, just let's keep it nice and slow, keep it nice and steady. And, and don't, you don't need to press quite so much, but again, that's so easy for us to say sitting here after the game. Sure. A hundred percent acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, ultimately like that's our job to sit here to yeah, no, call plays. Right. So, um, I think within that context, but I like, think I just, let me just say this. I think we, we have a lot of respect for EB. We oh, love yeah. what he's done with the team and like 100%. this is one potential learning experience that I don't want to sound like we're being, I guess what I say, I don't want to sound like we're being overly critical of him in, a, in an incredibly, well, I think situation. you can be critical. I mean, we don't need to debate yeah, the, the, right. the, uh, the merits of our jobs and the, the philosophical level. But I think you can be critical um, in the way, same way that they're self-critical without being like, Me. he needs to be fired. Yeah. He needs to whatever. <laughs> like no one's saying that or like, you know, are there fans on Twitter that are saying that you should bench Sam Howell? Of course, because it's that's fans on crazy, Twitter, yeah. um, but that's nuts. And like, we are going to criticize Sam Howell within the context of this is what he missed. This is what he should have done. Yeah. This is how he gets better. And I think the same with the enemy. Um, I think one of the hardest things about being an OC in this league is you spend so much time during the week preparing yeah. and you come up with a game plan that you really, really like. Yeah. And then 
maybe even on the sideline, you're looking at the pictures and you're like, man, if we can just get a little more protection, it's yeah. there. Uh, you go to your own line and like, guys, we need to give him an extra tick. Andrew Wiley afterwards said, you know, we need to elevate our play. You know, we need to give Sam that tick longer because we think that there's stuff there. Yeah. And you convince yourself that instead of dealing with the circumstances as they are, yeah. that you are just getting a little bit luckier or slightly better play away from unlocking the thing that you work so hard on all week. 100%. And I think that is probably to a large extent what happened today with Biennemi is yeah. he's like, I know this defense. We played it so often when I was in Kansas City. I know what they're trying to do. I see it. They're, they're not doing anything we're not expecting. I have this plan that I know works. Why isn't it working? Yeah. And instead, what he should have done, again, with the extreme benefit of hindsight and trying to be fair, is he should have looked at the game situation as it was, seen the protection issues, seen the success running the ball, and just continued to do that because that's yeah. what was working today. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's an element of like, as a play card, even when I was watching the game, I was like, he's, he's, all right, he's run the ball twice. He needs to throw the ball. But there's no, like, that's like as a play caller, the way I'm thinking about it, right? And you don't have to do that, right? You can, it's first down, do whatever the hell you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to throw a slant, throw a slant, but you could also run that counter again that hit, that hit for a big play. Like, so I think there's like this, this rhythm as a play caller you get into. And sometimes it's so hard to just kind of, again, like you're saying, like, take a step back and be like, wait, 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 wait. Like, no, 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 I don't need it. Like, based on game flow now, it's completely different than what I thought. I've experienced that. You put something in, it looks great all week. It should look great. It's there on film. It's there on the sideline copy. And when you run it, it's a sack or, a, you know, a fumble, whatever it is. And you're just like, and it's maddening because of the prep you put in. So I agree. It's just, it's, it's so easy when you're not, you know, three inches from your face and we're watching up from here in the press box, you know, we can tell, but um, that, would, that would be one thing I'd, I'd be interested to get his thoughts on that. Or if, if he felt that he could have handled that or managed that differently based on stuff that we saw in the game. For sure. All right. Uh, what about Sam? Um, rough day. Obviously yeah. it's like, it's a rough day at the office. The question is, you know, when we start signing blame or, you know, fault, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Um, like how much of it is on him. And, and I think the other thing that we really, I'm saying this for the second straight week, like we need to go back and look at the tape and understand is, yeah, are there options down the field available? Yeah. Because when you are sitting in the pocket that long, I feel like there has got to be an element that you just feel like there's no one open. I know for a fact on one, there was, there was one of the sacks that I saw that I was able to have a pretty good view of the field yeah. and receivers. And like, so at least one, there ain't nobody open. Yeah. Um, there's some, you know, Wiley gets beat on a speed rush on one. Yeah. That's pretty obvious. Like that's on Andrew Wiley, but then there's seven more sacks to account for Logan. And that yeah. those are kind of the defining uh, parts of his day outside of the interceptions. Some of which kind of go together though, because uh, obviously they're not sacks on plays that are picks, sure. but there are pressures on a lot of them. Yeah. And I think the other thing is like th this offense is kind of built on a specific game flow. And even though they throw the ball a lot, they do kind of walk this line of being able to say, Oh, we can get to a screen. We can get to a draw. We can get to a run and kind of quiet the pass rush a little bit or get to a quick game even. So, um, and I just felt like they got in a, they got in a position where it felt a little bit rushed, felt a little bit frantic and everything was, everything was looking for a chunk player. At least that's what it felt like watching. And again, when we watch the film, we'll probably feel differently and be able to give different analysis on it. But I think um, there were times like the first interception Sam threw, I thought he is, he is hunting for this big play and yeah. you know it's third and 19 like yeah understandable to an extent and you know we might be assigning this kind of frenetic feeling to eb when it's the quarterback who feels like he's competing with josh allen you know and like there's a check down right in his line of view just check the ball down man like it's not a perfect situation but you have an opportunity to get a field goal it would have been three to ten at that point or three to three i don't remember exactly the exact score 
But I think about moments like that and I say, you don't need to do that. Or, or the thing he said in his press conference, and I love that he owned this. He was like on the interception of the flat. He's, he doesn't hear the protection call. And that's what happens with a young quarterback. Yeah, or you right? said they, they called the protection wrong. There's a free runner that like they knew there was gonna be a free runner. The guy who was free was not the guy who was expecting, and instead because of throwing they, it in they, the dirt. Because like the way I understood it is they made like a different call at the line of scrimmage that he yeah. didn't hear or something. Yeah, there was yeah. there was a communication issue, and he yelled that too. Yeah. But I think like those are the types of things you experience with young quarterbacks. And I mentioned this with B Mitch on the postgame show. He's still a young player, yeah. and he's gonna miss those calls. Like, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, they don't miss those calls. But they've also been doing it for a thousand years, so right. it like makes it easier to make sure you're owned in all those good, details. Good time to remind folks that the all-time—I think this is still true—but it was forever. The all-time leader in interceptions in someone's rookie season was a guy named Peyton Manning, yeah. who turned out quite Pretty all good. right. Yeah. So, like, there's going to be moments where you see the special stuff. You're going to see, you know, the mobility, for instance, some of these runs. Um, yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> he's pretty slippery as a, as a ball carrier. Oh, no, he is. Um, yeah. And so there's there's stuff like that that you really like. By the same token, there is obviously a lot of learning to do. Yep. And I think learning in the NFL for Sam, based on the mistakes that he's made so far, a lot of that is going to be what can you get away with and what do you need to just eat? And he hasn't learned to eat it yet. And part of that is because occasionally he gets away with extending the play yeah. and doing something great. That's a good you know, point. In some ways, yep. the, the touchdown he throws down here in this corner in week one yeah. is – a, a bad thing because he's like, oh, cool. If I roll out and I can loft a little ball in between six guys and get a touchdown, like that's good. I know how to do this in the NFL. Yeah. And then, you know, it was third, fourth interception, the one where he rolls left and yeah. he's, he sees Jahan and he probably should just eat it, uh, you know, run it, whatever. Yeah. Really, honestly, that that's one where I had a pretty good view of it. Jahan's got a block there. Oh, um, where like, was that? That was... he tries to flip the ball. Like they're kind of running parallel five yards apart. Um, Sam's rolling left. And I think instead of Jahan trying to sneak out and, and have Sam lofted over, actually it was the pick six. Oh, um, uh, we're at Vanessa. Yeah. If, if Jahan just is like, all right, I'm gonna block this dude and yeah. let Sam run. I think that's actually a better outcome. Obviously it would have been better yeah. that the worst possible outcome happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's things like that where it's like, do I just throw it at Jahan's feet? Do I, yeah. you know, or like, do I have to loft it higher? Like yeah. what? What does that making that play look like? Yeah. He doesn't know yet because he's been in the NFL now for four games. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be the learning process of, of a young quarterback. Yeah, I think so. And I think like the one thing that I loved about his press conference is that he just was like, you know, tomorrow's the, the sun's going to come up. And this is the only reason this is a loss or this is a bad loss is if nothing is learned from it. So if like he doesn't grow, the protection doesn't get better, the scheme doesn't change, there's not an evolution. And I felt like at least from his comments, like, and it runs too, for that matter, that yeah. there was an understanding that we have to get better after a performance like this and we have to improve. And, you know, like having been in bad losses before, like that's literally all you can do. You know, that's like all you can do is just kind of say, hey, we, we got knocked out, we got hit in the face, but I got to stand up and we got to get ready for Philly, which is coming up in, you know, however many days, seven days or whatever. So yeah. I think that's kind of my approach here. And, and I'm happy to hear even if it's just words, I'm happy to hear that that was kind of the consensus, at least in Rod and Sam's presser. Yeah, no, the locker room, uh, much of the same, and it emptied out pretty quick. A lot of guys weren't real interested in talking I after bet. this one. I uh, bet. Yeah. You know, but, you know, your leaders, uh, or at least on the, I don't know if John actually talked, uh, whatever that's what I bet um, he was not. He doesn't yeah. strike me as a guy who talked after a game like this. Yeah, no, not not super psyched. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he'll do the the locker room talk or not talk Correct, criticism. Yeah. But Terry, you know, Terry talked for a while. And, and you know, a guy that I'll give a lot of credit to for stepping up and talking is Andrew Wiley. Did he? Um, because, you know, I just, I, it's one of those things where you're in there and you're listening and you start to tweet a quote and you're like, 
well, this is going to set my mentions on fire. <laughs> um, the second you mention Andrew Wiley, people are like, that guy sucks. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's had some bad, some bad football this yeah. year um, because he is – an average NFL He's an average NFL right tackle. Sometimes on average uh, or to be average, you have to win some, you have to lose some. Um, and that is, that is the nature of things. But he talked about like, you know, we're going to own it as an offensive line. Sam talked about owning it. Yeah. Terry, um, I was kind of boxed out from the gigantic scrummer on him, but to the extent that I could hear, he was talking about owning the receivers sure. part in it. So, you know, Gibson talked about, you know, his fumble and he's like, obviously I got to be better. I got to hold on to the football. That's and tough, like, man. those, those know, are the worst interviews after a game. Like yeah. when you've had a bad game and it's like, I had personally had a bad game, but now I got to talk about Yeah. So I have a lot of sympathy for that, man. That's really hard. Yeah. And so these, it, what I like is everybody is taking ownership. There's not finger pointing. And, and I still think my favorite thing that anyone said was Sam. When he's like, you know, Hey, do you flush this? And Ron was asking yeah, the question uh, and, yeah. and also like asked it, answered similarly. But it's like, no, you yeah. learn from it. Yeah. And, and, you know, the only way that this makes us better is if we actually sit down and don't just like push it away and yeah. pretend it never happened and try to move forward is if we actually sit down, see where the mistakes are, learn from it, uh, because you have a very good Philly team coming up, which brings us back to the measuring stick notion. Yeah. Again. Um, so if this was a measuring stick game, what'd you, what'd you learn? Because you clearly did not measure up based off the final scoreboard. You know, I felt like it showed some of the potential issues with the team. Obviously, young quarterback, uh, you know, new play caller. And I, we have to watch film to kind of finalize that analysis. Sure. But, you know, the the state of the offensive line, if it got to have it passing situations, is not probably where you want it to be. But we knew that coming in. And uh, most offensive lines are not built that way. They're not built to kind of pass the ball 50 times in a game. They're just not. But, you know, what happens when we're in those situations? How do we prepare for that if, if we have to do that? Defensively, defensive line specifically, how do we create, how do we maximize those pressures versus a mobile quarterback versus this type of game plan? Can we give tools from a Jack Del Rio perspective to kind of maximize those group pressures, stunts, run stunts, whatever it may be? And so, again, I think this is a, it's a good measuring stick because it shows you where some weaknesses are in the team and in the roster construction. But it also lets you say, well, hey, we could maybe be a little bit more creative in certain situations with our pressure packages or our coverage disguises or, or whatever it may be yep. uh, to help maximize that. Or like I said, the like the protection, the run to pass ratio, however we could, whatever we could do to insulate that offensive line. So I think I think uh, that's kind of what I'd say from a measuring stick standpoint because that Bills team's excellent. Yeah, they're, they're a good team. Good. The defense is very good. The offense is good. They've got one of the best players, uh, you know, quarterbacks in the in the elite in the league. So they showed us, hey man, like when you're running with the big dogs, you got to do things at a different <laughs> level. So. Yeah, no, I, I, that's where I take out of it is like, okay, this defensive line, do I think they're all of a sudden are not very good? No, but like if you're going to face a truly elite offense and play like this, that's not good enough to be elite. Like that's that's yeah. the measuring stick, right? Like if and you I, thought you were – like it, I, I guess I would put it this way for the D-line specifically. Yeah. If you thought you already made it, not quite. Yeah. Not that you're not capable of better, not that you're not capable of more, but like this is elite – and so if you want to dominate against that group, yeah. you got to be better. And also, I think the other thing I'd like to point out there is game flow. Yeah. The game flow in this game is one where you're playing from behind. And I think you see the importance of an offense that can kind of push that game flow <clears throat> Excuse me, to a higher level, right? When, when they're playing with a lead, you know, uh, the commanders are playing with a lead, that defensive line can hunt. Like you see it in Arizona, you see it uh, against the the, Bill, uh, the Broncos. The Broncos yeah. Thank you. So, um, so by I the think, way, what a day for them. Yeah, the tough day. Tough day for them. But what I what I am saying is that like that is where complementary football comes into play here. The defensive line cannot win you a Super Bowl by itself. 
the defense needs, the secondary, they need the linebackers, they need the offense to be productive. And if the offense is productive, like we just discussed, this yeah. team's in a much better position. So I think those are the things that really stick out to me um, in terms of how, how I would measure this and areas that I say, hey, they can improve in these areas and they will improve in these areas because like we talked about, like this is a very young football team at some very important positions. Yes. Uh, in summary, turnovers, bad. Uh, explosive explosive plays, plays, good for you, bad for them. <laughs> Uh, and you do need both sides of the ball, and they do interact with each other <laughs> in a major way. I mean, really, that's what this game comes down to. At, I mean. And what game does it? It's just uh, you see the repercussions if they go badly for you. All right, that'll do for the instant reaction show here on Take Command. Uh, we'll be back Wednesday morning with a uh, or Tuesday afternoon on YouTube, Wednesday morning in the audio feed. Uh, with the film breakdown, of course, I'll be on the radio all week long, starting at four o'clock tomorrow for the Hoffman Show. Uh, four o'clock, our first and ten. Do not be late. Ten observations from this football game. Although I, when I say it like that, Logan, from this football game, I feel like some people might want to be late because <laughs> yikes. All right. Uh, other than that, thanks for listening to Take Command. Subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now if you have not, and we will see you next time. <laughs>